Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today is, you guys will be listening to this, I think, I believe, on September 14th, episode 17 already. Um, just me, James, and Chris, as usual, the normal duo. What's going on? So, episode 17, jersey number 17, I'll give you a, a name that Devils fans don't like very much anymore, but Mr. Ilya Kovalchuk, he was really good for the Devils when he was wearing the red and black. So, he's also a free agent. That'll be somewhere interesting to watch where he lands, so... Chris, you have a number mm. for 17 off the top of your head? Uh, I'll double down on, on Peter Sikora. I think I picked him for like 15 when he was part of the mm. 2012 run, but he wore yeah. 17 originally with us. Could have gone with good old uh, Michael Ryder, too. Right? So, Legend. Um, so just as always, quick little rundown what we're going to be talking about. Got ourselves some current news. We're going to check in with the conference finals, see how they're going. Um, how the Devils take advantage. Our next segment, third segment, is going to be how the Devils could take advantage of the cap situation. That got a lot more clear. There's a lot of news about teams saying they're going to have an internal budget, internal cap ceiling. Talk a little bit about the Devils, what they're doing there. And lastly, we're going to end it out with a best bargains free agency. This free agency, I feel like, is all going to be about, um, and I'm sure Chris agrees, it's all going to be about finding players of value because you don't want to tie too much money up with what's going on with these cap ceilings and all that fun stuff. So we'll end it out on that. Should be a relatively quick episode. Yeah, we're recording this on Football Sunday as well as during the game, was it now, game four, game five of the Islanders-Tampa Bay series? I believe so. So, um, yeah, that's currently in session. Last time I checked, I think we got a 0-0 game going on over there. It's been the theme of these playoff games. Besides game one, it's been – oh, no, I lied. Like it's 1-1, actually. No, 2-1 now. Tampa just scored. Score uh, must have just picked up because it was 0-0. Yeah, after one, it was 0-0. I haven't zero, zero. update on my app yet. So, Tampa's got two. Islanders got one. A little live score in there for you. So, uh, current news. We're getting the uh, trophies are being handed out. Selkie Trophy, well-deserved. Mr. Sean Couturier, I believe me and Chris both picked him as who we thought should get that award. Chris, you went with uh, Couturier as well? I forget. No, I think I went with Sorelli. Yeah, all right. I yeah, I think you either course. went with Sorelli or O'Reilly, one of them. But I know I picked mm-hmm. Couturier. Couturier's a great player. So, um, yeah, he won that trophy. Jack Adams, with I think is ridiculous. Bruce Cassidy won. I feel like there was a ton of other coaches deserving. Um, definitely John Tortorella, which I'm no Chris Grease uh, with me on. Should have got that award. Even yeah. guys like Elaine Vigneault, he could have been there. I, I I just thought it was a little funny they gave it to Cassidy. I mean, yeah, he I has all the talent in the world. But anyway, Lady Bing, McKinnon. Um, I mean, Lady Bing's a little bit of a weird award. I I think McKinnon, he probably didn't have a lot of penalty minutes. That's usually how this award works. So yeah. um, this one I did not like. Um, I know some people at Devil's Army blog had differing opinions, but Lou Lamorello won general manager of the year for the Islanders. Um I think a ton of his that team success hinged on, and this is another guy that could have got the award instead of Cassidy, uh, Barry Trotz, his system. I don't think the Islanders have an exceedingly talented roster. I mean, mm-hmm. who signed guys like Leo Komarov, brought back Matt Martin to like really not great contracts, and now he has to worry about re-signing Barzell and everything. So I don't think Lou deserved that award. I don't think he's done too great of a job there. His draft choices, too, I believe, in New York has, have been a little questionable. But Yeah, those are valid points, but I think he, he did a good job at the deadline for the team picking up uh, Pajo and, and I don't like that trade stuff, at all. So. I know Pajo's I know Pajo's been doing well, and I it just this award I think is a lot of like recency bias, which makes sense. I, I understand why he won the award. 
I just don't agree with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That Pajot trade, he sent a first, second, and third round pick. Pajot has been solid for the Islanders playoffs, but he's no more than a third line center. And then he paid, he's paying him $5 million for the next like four years. So yeah, I, I, I don't like extended. that trade. Yeah, I mean, I think that's overpaying for a third-line center, but that's just to me. So I think that's all the awards that have been given out so far. There could be more that I'm missing, but um, I think that's it. So we had a couple trades. The first one was Nick Butchad was traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Minnesota Wild. This was for a 2021 conditional draft pick. I don't think they released ever what the conditions are on that draft pick, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, Bouchard's in his last year of a $5.25 million contract. The Penguins are actually retaining 50% of that salary. Bouchard was only limited to 13 games last year, but um, he's he's not a bad player when healthy. His numbers are actually pretty good when he is able to stay healthy. That's big for him. And at cut $5 million and a half, and I think, I mean – Usually Minnesota doesn't make the best trades and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, mm. I think they did okay here. I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to be a solid bottom couple line guy. Um, but, that's Bill Guerin making moves now. So yeah. Um, oh yeah, true. They that was his first move uh, move as the general manager of the Wild, right? They just changed GMs recently. Um, I don't think it was his first move. I think he he made like one or two before then. But um, this is his like first major off season, I think, because <clears throat> like I think yeah, I, I totally don't remember if it was Fletcher they had before, but they like got rid of him like like a couple weeks before the season started. So Garen didn't have like a full off season, I don't think, to like actually do anything. Yeah, because I know Minnesota's always had front office issues. Um, they had a lot of question moves that Nito Niederreiter trade comes to mind. But anyway, so that was that trade, and then we had another trade. The Montreal Canadiens like making these moves. Uh, they acquired Joel Edmondson from the Carolina Hurricanes for a fifth-round pick. Keep in mind, Edmondson is an unrestricted free agent. I'm assuming they're going to get a contract done with him right away. Uh, Edmondson was a guy, I guess, the Devils could have looked at. A deeper dive into Edmondson's numbers, and they were just not pretty. Believe it or not, he was one of the – like for the amount of time on ice he had. Um, I saw a graph on Twitter and just people talking about Edmondson as a whole, and he is not a good defenseman. He was actually one of the worst defensemen in the league this year from like an analytical standpoint. Um, he does play a way the Devils don't have, like that tough, gritty type defenseman, but Devils dodge a bullet here if they were pursuing him because he would not have been too hot in the Devils uniform. So um, mm. I don't know if you want to talk any more about this move. But, no, I mean, he was a guy that uh, fell within a certain group of guys that the Devils could have targeted. But, I mean, there's plenty of depth this offseason with the agent defensemen. So, there's still a lot of options. Mm-hmm. And we'll end out with current news with the report uh, from Frank Cervelli that NHL teams are making major cuts, whether this be internal cap ceilings or just cutting costs in general. At least 17 of 31 NHL teams have done this. Um, there's a full list of them in an article, I believe. I forget where Cervelli works. One of the Canadian – I don't know if it's TSN or Sportsnet or I maybe those are the TSN. same things. But uh, they released an article, and the Devils were not on this list. But we'll talk more about the Devils and cutting costs and this internal cap ceiling soon. This whole idea of NHL teams making cuts and having internal cap ceilings is going to be the theme of this episode. So um, just a little more background here. The NHL, because of the COVID pandemic, are not raising the salary cap at all. It's going to be a flat cap. 
Um, so teams are making adjustments, whether it's cutting costs like we just talked about, levying in internal cap ceiling. The keep in mind here, uh, the cap ceiling is at. 82, uh, 81 and a half million. So mm-hmm. that's what the ceiling is. It's staying the same. So just keep that number in mind as we go forward. But yeah, so 17 of the 31 teams at least are making these cost cutting, whether it be letting employees go, unfortunately, or cutting team salary, uh, team personnel salary. So that's that there. We'll move on now to the conference finals check-in. We got Tampa Bay and New York Islanders in the Eastern Conference Finals. As we talked about, game four of that series is going on right now, and the score is still 2-1, closing in on the end of the second period. So game one of this game uh, series was all Tampa Bay. They absolutely dominated 8-2. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was crazy. Goaltending was just really brutal on the Islanders' side. I mean – the the score and like the opportunities and chances and the quality of chances that Tampa had did not match up. But I mean, yeah, it was just not pretty goaltending there. Uh, game two, game three was once again Tampa Bay was a better team. Game three was a little bit closer, but they were still the better team in my opinion. They did let the Islanders pull that one out. I think there's a five three final, so it looks like the yeah, no point they hold on. Either, so. Yeah, looks like if they hold on, no point today as well. Or I saw a report. No, he's in. He's in. Today. He's in today. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's big for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, looks like the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to take a three-one lead in that series. We shall see. Me and Chris, we both picked Tampa in the series to win it. Yeah. I forget in what game, but yeah, I think this is going to be the Lightning advancing here sooner rather than later. Chris, I don't know if you want to say any more here before we move on to this series out west. Not really. I mean, um, game one, it was a combination of uh, just no nobody really being ready for the Islanders and Tampa just being Tampa. Um, and, you know, the Islanders bounced back to get a game with point being out. Um, but so far, points back in and Tampa's up 2-1 right now. So we'll see. But I just did, did I don't they just think there's any good luck coming to the Islanders. No, no, they didn't. They're on the power play right now. Yeah, I think Coleman has one of the goals. Could be wrong, though. Yeah. He does. Yeah, so. eh, it's all right. Good for Blake. So, next series, the Vegas and Dallas series. And, oh, man, we got a interesting series going on here. Dallas actually took a 3-1 lead last night. Um, so, just going through this series real quick. Game one, it's it's happening again to Vegas, though. I don't know what what, what's going on with them, but it's crazy the stuff that's been going Dallas. on here. What's that? It's Dallas, man. It's just Dallas. I mean, they're going to playing on another planet. I mean, make no mistake about it. Vegas is once again being the better team. It's just Kadovin's doing Kadovin things. He's just been unbelievable. Game one Dallas, was man, Dallas. I'm upset if I don't pick him in the next round. Yeah. So, them, excuse me. So game one was Dallas. They deserved that game. Game two, game three, game four. It uh, Vegas was the better team in all of those games, in my opinion. I mean, it's nowhere near lopsided like the past two series that have been Vegas, but they have been the better team. And I'll say this again: it's not. It's close. It's it's closer. So three one's not insanely crazy, but it's just funny to see this this. 
I, I don't know if you want to call it luck or whatever that's going against Vegas here. They just can't solve opposing teams' netminders, I guess. And that's ultimately leading them down the wrong path. And they're down 3 1 to Dallas. And we might see the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup final in 2020. So um, I don't know if you have any more to say here, Chris. Nope, Dallas just keeps proving me wrong every single game. So, um, yeah, I mean, we both said, though, in the beginning that we knew Dallas had the – well, maybe not at this point had it in them, but we knew if they finally started clicking, they had talent and stuff to get her done. So, finally getting her done, that's for sure. So, we're going to move on now. We got good old segment three popping up. It's a new one. Um, we're going to talk about how the Devils could take advantage of the cap situation. And this was a very – Probably the most important thing that's came out Devils related the past uh, few months now is this is all per Todd Cordell, um, his Infernal Access subscription. It's really, really, really good. I highly recommend subscribing there. He does a great job. He's one of the guys I look to for um, Devils coverage, and I'm really picky in my Devils coverage. Um, I really just turn to him and Corey Masick of The Athletic. But he's done a great job. I'm a subscriber there. He releases all cool information for us. And so although the Devils are not on Cervelli's list of teams cutting costs, it is reported that they will have a cap ceiling of their own. This ceiling is reported and is thought to be around $75 million. So keep in mind here, the cap limit, upper limit's 81 and a half. So that would be like a $5 million, $5.5 million like buffer there from the cap ceiling that they wouldn't be using. So when you go through and kind of like do the math here, this means the Devils are just going to have a shade below 20 million in cap space to spend. And keep in mind, they got to resign their own first. They got to bring back Mackenzie Blackwood and Jesper mm-hmm. Bratt. Those two contracts, me and Chris, um, we speculated they're probably going to be around um, 4 million each, maybe a little less. So let's just, mm-hmm write that down as seven and a half million between those two. So you take that seven and a half million away from the 20 million, um, you get around 12 and a half mil. Are the Devils going to bring back any of their unrestricted free agents? They might. So maybe you could say they're going to have around 12 million to spend in free agency. And this would put them up to that $75 million mark. So, um, yeah, it does look like the Devils are going to have a little ceiling of their own. I know it's, not going to be as fun if they didn't, but that's just how the world is right now with the COVID virus or the COVID pandemic and everything going on. There still looks like if all these reports are true, they're going to have 12 million around roughly to improve their roster and fill out their holes. And of course, you got to keep in mind here, this is before the team makes any trades. I know Devils fans don't want to hear it. And I'm, I'm right there with you all about them trading Kyle Palmieri, but maybe this is even more of a motive to move on from him to give them more spending money if they don't think they're going to re-up with him. I'm still solely on the platform that they got to re-up Kyle Palmieri. I just think he fits the Devils well, and he's their best goal scorer by far, and it's a team that just doesn't have any. But if they were to move him, I really truly think Miles Wood's going to get traded this offseason. That would take, I think, $3 million off the books or something like that. So you always got to be conscious of any trades the Devils make to uh, mm. take money off the books if they want to pursue that route. So, yeah. Chris, I don't know if you have any takeaways from what I just said um, or if anything you wanted to add here. If uh, so, you could It definitely makes the like. offseason more complicated, uh, even harder to predict. Um, we all know just because the current 
situation is just very unpredictable for the foreseeable future. Everything else becomes unpredictable because of that with the cap. Um, I mean, you have to obviously focus on Brat and Blackwood if you have a, uh, you know, if you have a reduced cap of your own or anything like that, that'll affect it too. So I don't know. I think I think it makes it even harder to try and figure out what the Devils should do or will do this off season. And it's not just them; it's any team in the league, you know, including those that are up against the cap. I mean, at least the Devils have the wiggle room now to kind of plan for it. There's a lot of teams that don't have that wiggle room, and they're going to have to figure out on the fly, and that's where you might find some bargains and trades and stuff like that. Yeah, so Devils are – I know this news may not be like what everyone wants to hear, but the Devils are in a really good spot compared to a lot of the other teams. So um, this leads us into what we want to do now, um, basically – which everyone could put two and two together is this puts devils in a good spot to take advantage of teams that are more on the, the borderline than the devils. We're going to go through after we finish this conversation here and give distinct teams that we could expect to have issues and may look to dump some contracts or make some trades to gain some room. But basically it comes down to these teams that are against the cap. are going to want to make deals to get people off their books, whether it's be like a team like Vancouver trying to trade a guy like Louis Erickson that doesn't really play and just isn't a good player anymore, but it's on the books. I think Louis Erickson's contract's close to $6 million. Try to entice a team to take him off the books. Um, maybe send a couple picks back the other way. Maybe include a younger player or a guy that could be of value. And that's just all because the team's taking on that bad contract and helping them out here with this cap. We saw the Devils do it. I mean, the Devils, I know uh, someone else was in the GMC, but the Mark Savard trade, I don't know if you recall that, Chris. The Devils got a few picks for taking on his contract mm-hmm. um, when he was injured. So they've made trades like this in the past, but I, that's basically how you could take advantage of these teams. Yeah. They're also in free agency. I mean, there's a lot of good names here, especially on the defensive end. And a lot of people aren't going to be able to sign for what they think they should be paid here. So there's going to be a lot of bargains there. And really the big theme of this free agency is going to be value signing. So we're going to talk more on that later as well. So now we'll move into what teams are most likely going to need to make cap-related moves. As I was saying, teams that the Devils may actually be able to take advantage of. Um, We're not going to talk about distinct players we think the Devils should pursue from these teams, but we are going to mention some names that are making it tough for these teams to have flexibility. Um, I, I could Go ahead, Chris. Give us your first team. For which ones are the most cap-strapped? We're talking? Correct. Yeah, correct. Teams that I mean, are going to have to... you got yeah. Arizona at the top, and they're just a mess in general. Um, yeah. I mean, so we'll, they're not going to um, be able to resign Paul or anything like that. Um, and yeah, I'm, well, <clears throat> I think he's up near the top, too, but they're like in a similar situation where they're kind of rebuilding. I'm not sure what kind of assets you would get from them. Um, yeah, we'll start with those two teams first because I have them at the top of my list as well. So the Anaheim Ducks, believe it or not, are the team that have the most money spent via their contracts they currently have. They do mm-hmm. have a lot of contracts, um, so they're not going to have to lot, like add a bunch um, to fill out their roster. They're at $81 million, and the cap yeah, upper limit's at 81 and a half. 
stay only at 470k of space. They don't have, like I said, any really restricted free agents they got to worry about. But they are on Frank Cervelli's list, which I found really interesting. They are one of those 17 teams making cuts, so I'm sure they have some type of uh, ceiling that they're going to want to get under. Um, Chris, like you mentioned, there's not really guys that people may want to take on. Um, we'll talk more about Anaheim and possible players they want to move next episode, but Anaheim's definitely a team you're probably going to see make a couple cap-related moves. Mm-hmm. Chris, you also mentioned the Arizona Coyotes. They're the, I believe, second highest amount of money that has been dished out. Um, they're at $80.3 million. And the craziest part about this is they only have 17 players on their roster. Yeah. That's 17 of 23. Um, mm-hmm. NHL wise, NHL roster, and they only have 1.1 million. Uh, Fisher, who's a free agent, Vinny Henestrosa, Ilya Luchbushkin, who's a defenseman that came up big for them this year, and also, I mean, Taylor Hall's right, an unrestricted free agent. It is good for yeah. me. So yeah, Christian Fisher's another restricted free agent. So they got to worry about those three. Add in the fact maybe they want to bring Hall back. So they're they got themselves a mess. So yeah, you know, it's definitely I, a team you might see, see make a move. Maybe they move Phil Kessel over. again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so at that point, you might have to retain salary too. So yeah, but that's another team we're going to talk about in the next episode. I'll give two teams of my own that I have written down here. I got the Vegas Golden Knights written down. They got seventy six and a half million dished out right now. That leaves them at five million in cap space. Only eighteen out of twenty three uh, players on the roster at the NHL level. They got Nick Cousins, Chandler Stevenson. Um, both of those guys are restricted free agents, so they're probably going to want to bring them back with that four point nine million. And silly me, something I want to mention earlier. Another report is Robin Leonard in Vegas got an extension done. It was actually, I believe, he was asked in like a pregame or postgame press conference, and he did confirm that he got an extension dumb but that's all i wanted to talk about um i could be wrong there but is that where it came out in a like came out for sure it was a post-game conference press conference i think so i, w- I believe so so um that five million they got left how much is leonard getting paid of it i'm sure he's getting mm-hmm. it was rumored he's getting five mil a year so your vegas is probably gonna have to make some moves to get under that cap i didn't they were not on surveillance list so who knows if they're making internal cuts and have an internal cap ceiling but yeah, you know. So next team, St. Louis Blues. They are on Savarelli's list here. They are one of the teams that are making pay cuts. So maybe they have an internal cap ceiling as well. They're at $76.3 million spent, which is one of the tops in the leagues. That leaves them with only $5.1 million in space. And they need to resign their top four defense in Mr. Vince Dunn. So like and I said, we're not going to talk about it. Um, and Petrangelo, yeah, that's another thing here. Uh, we're not going to talk about any specific, specific players we want to see the Devils possibly pursue. That's for next episode. But Vince Dunn's a guy we already talked about in previous episodes. So, yeah. um, Chris, if you want to give um, – I still got some more teams, but I got three more on my list. So do you have any more you want to talk about before I get, keep on rambling on? I mean, Toronto is definitely going to be a team that's looking to make some moves. Um I I don't understand some of the moves they make sometimes, but um, that that could be a potential partner for the Devils if they want to move one of their uh, defensive assets for some kind of forward. Um, that would be one that's always caught my eye before the playoffs even started. So. Yeah, I got Toronto on my list too. They're at seventy-five point three million. Um, remember, the cap ceiling this year is eighty-one and a half. So this leaves Toronto with six point one million in cap space, and this is after the recent trade they made. Yeah, Ilya Mc- 
Kivlev. You know okay. who I'm talking about? Yeah, that kid that um, so- got his wrist sliced against the Devils. Um, he's a restricted free agent. Travis McDermott's a restricted free agent, and Tyson Berry's an unrestricted free agent. So they got those three to worry about with $6.1 million in space. Um, so maybe they're willing to move a younger, uh, whether it be forward. I don't think they have many defensemen they're going to be willing to move given their defense is so porous, but who knows? They're going to have to do something there. Uh, we didn't talk about them yet, but the Tampa Bay Lightning are in worlds of hurt. I mean, they're got 76.1 million spent. So this leaves them with 5.3 million in cap space. They only have 15 players on their 23 man roster right now in the NHL with all the guys that are either unrestricted, free and restricted Mitchell Stevenson's um, Anthony Cervelli, who's going to get a pretty big payday as a restricted free sure. agent. Uh, Ceranic, the defenseman, and Sergachev, the defenseman. They got tons of issues here. They're definitely going to be looking to make moves. Um, I promise we're not going to talk about any specific players, but two that come to mind. Um, I talked about Alexander Killorn already, or Alex Killorn already. He'll be a guy that may be on the move. Um, and Shattenkirk, um, he was he was unbelievable this year for Tampa Bay. He's going to get paid an unrestricted free agency. I doubt he goes mm-hmm. back just because Tampa Bay probably can't afford him, but he's an unrestricted free agent they got to worry about. Um, last two teams I'm going to give you all is the Carolina Hurricanes. They only have 17 players on their roster of the 23 limit. Um, now, when I say they only have them on the roster, this is 17 like NHL players that are expected to be on the team next year. They, of course, can fill some of these spots with minor league players. Players, but that'll probably only bring them the number up a couple. So um, this is out of 23 uh, on the NHL roster. So they're at 17 and 23 right now. Only got 7.7 million in cap space. And they got Warren Fogle, Hayden Flurry, both restricted free agents. Then you got Sammy Votnin, uh, Joel Edmondson, who they actually traded. So that's not an issue anymore. And Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who are unrestricted free agents there. Um, I don't think they're going to have to worry about losing any of those guys because their defense is just so deep. But maybe they're looking to move a forward to uh, bring some um, sign these restricted free agents. So we know about the Dougie Hamilton rumors that feel like it's every year now. But and the last team I'm going to talk about before we move on are the Chicago Blackhawks, who have been in cap hell for the now what past like five seasons. Um, they they do have eight million in space, but they are also on Frank Savarelli's list. The team's making cuts, and they only have 17 players on their roster, so that's not a good combination there. They mm-hmm. have to worry about paying Stroman, Kublik, Kajuela, uh Slater. Man, these names just <laughs> Kublik, Kajula. <laughs> yeah, and Slater Coke Kokenin. How do you uh, the defenseman? I think it's Koic Koic or, or Yeah, that's exactly Kuku what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Coke. He was he was on the lightning there for a little bit, but those guys are all restricted free agents. And Corey Crawford's unrestricted free agent. Kinda mm-hmm. unrelated here. Who the heck's gonna play goalie for them next year? It's gotta be a free know. agent, right? So Corey Crawford's yeah. probably gonna walk. Um they got Malcolm Subban back there, but I don't think he's all that ready. And they got Colin Delilah is his name. I believe. Um, yes. So that's another goal time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe get some time. I have no idea how they're going to work that, but that's a conversation for another time. So those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight ish teams we just spoke about are all teams that are definitely going to be wearing here up against the cap, probably making some moves. And next episode, we are going to go in depth with these eight teams and talk about some players we think the Devils should specifically target. 
So that'll be an exciting topic on our next episode. I promised you guys a short episode. We only got one more segment left. Um, I, actually, before we move on, Chris, is there anything you'd like to add there before we move on? No, I think we basically covered most of the teams that uh, are teams that we should watch given the current situation with the cap and now these reports of internal caps as well. Uh, I think we basically covered most of the teams that people should keep an eye on. Yeah. So that's that. And we'll move on now. Like I said, um, we're going to talk about our best bargains of free agency, who we think the devils should pursue that will bring them really good value because as the theme of this episode has been, and what we're kind of taking away from all this cup, uh, cap ceilings and cost cutting and all that really fun stuff is this free agency is all going to be about value, finding players that are really, really solid that aren't going to cost a lot. Those like hidden gems. And I feel like a lot of this is where analytics kick in. Um, there's a guy I'll be talking about shortly, but um, analytics are a good way to find players that may not be um, regarded as as good as they should be. But mm-hmm. that'll help find those guys and be those value guys you want to look for in a free agency like this one. So we're going to name three forwards we believe should bring uh, would bring good value if brought in. We're going to name three defensemen and three goaltenders. Um, Chris, go ahead. Give me your three forwards about or however so, many you have. Looking just in terms of forwards, I had uh, Jesper Foss was one that we discussed recently um, who I could see being an interesting player to bring in. Um, another player that I wrote down on my list I was kind of unsure was um Connor Sheary just because he's done well in Pittsburgh but I do also remember he had the stint in Buffalo as well um and then I was debating on Eric Halla he was the third one that I was looking at as well because he was he was doing all right in Vegas but he kind of slowed down a little bit after he left got traded to Carolina and then uh Florida yeah, so those are all good guys, candidates. Um, I got a guy, Craig Smith of the Nashville Predators. Believe it or not, it's not a guy I kind of like knew as a free agent until recently when I was going through good old sports track and looking at the pending free agents. So I want to talk a little bit about Craig Smith here, so bear with me. Um, yeah, he, had, he had 30 points the past two seasons. Um, keep in mind, he's only playing less than 14 minutes a night, so he's playing in the bottom – line or bottom two line role uh he has 20 or more goals in five of his nine nhl seasons so that's a pretty good right there if i'm doing a little math there that's over 50 percent of his nhl seasons he scored 20 or more goals mm. his this is where i'm talking about analysts could help find a gem here and his chart is absolutely crazy for a guy like craig smith i mean you showed me a chart like his, and you don't give me the name of a guy, a name of who it is. I think it's like Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, a guy like that. His, his, it's just crazy. I, it has a lot to do with him playing against like bottom couple lines, uh, being on a third line himself. But I mean, he, he would be a really, really good, valuable guy that was could bring in. He'd probably get paid around $4 million, a little less. Um, He's a right-wing center. He could take face-offs if you want. Uh, most likely going to be playing on the right wing. Devils do need uh, right-wing depth. We talked about two possible open spots in their third and fourth line on the right side, so I think he'd be a terrific fit there. 
Um, yeah, I think he'd provide great value for the Devils. Another guy who I spoke about already is Jesper Faust. He's really good defensively. He's another right winger, I believe. Um, reliable on his own end. He's probably only going to get paid a couple million a year. Uh, Matt Nito is the last guy. I don't know if I mentioned him at all. He's a left wing. He's another guy that's pretty valuable defense. Um, both guys would be bottom line guys, maybe third line guys, provide some help on the penalty kill, but um, just just good value here, you know? And mm-hmm. the defense, the forward depth is nowhere near the defensive depth in this free agency. I wouldn't be bummed out at all if the Devils didn't sign any forwards in free agency. I know I talk about guys like Evgeny Dadnoff, but when it, you slap on a cap ceiling that the Devils are reportedly going to have, it limits what you could really do. And I'd rather them be spending money on defense in a defensive yeah. free agent pool. That's a lot deeper than the forwards. But Exactly. So uh, we'll talk about defensemen now. I'll go first here. It's the same old guys I've been talking about now for a while. Brendan Dillon, who I actually – I don't know if his name popped up. I probably did once or twice. But I he's so. a really, really solid defenseman. And mm-hmm. he did really good work in Dallas. And then he was moved to Washington, kept up the good work there. He's an unrestricted free agent. He could easily slot into a top four, top four role. Um, you may not think top four when you think Brendan Dillon, but trust me, he's, his numbers are great. He's a very solid defenseman. He's not going to be pursued like a guy like uh, Petrangelo, Barry, even Brody's probably going to get paid more than this guy. I think there's a lot of value to be had signing a guy like Brendan Dillon. You're getting a guy has similar like underlying metrics as as crazy as it sounds as a Petrangelo and even uh, probably better than Tyson Barry. Hmm. TJ Brody's probably he's probably a better defenseman than TJ Brody and he's going to get paid less than these guys. So he'd provide great value. Rodko Gudis, my boy, he's not going to get paid a bunch. He's not going to get paid really that much at all. He'd be a great guy for the bottom pairing right side. And Trevor Van Dream's like, I know you've talked about him a few times, right-handed D-man. He's not going to get paid a lot at all. And he's a very serviceable defenseman, especially in a bottom pairing role. So I don't know if you have anyone different. I mean, I have Trevor Van Dream's like you mentioned him. Um, we also we got to get the uh, the bring back John Merrill train rolling. Um, oh my goodness gracious! I am very angry. I did not mention his name because I love me some John Merrill, dude. His numbers are fantastic for Vegas, and it's a shame he's not playing in the playoffs right now. They got that Cody White Cloud kid or whatever his mm-hmm. name is playing over him. He's a solid bottom pairing defenseman. Sorry, go ahead and get me on. Bring him back. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I basically, other than that, our lists are pretty similar. Um, cool. The, the key for the, this free agency is, especially if you've got limited money, you're going to be bargain shopping. And yes, sir. there's just the amount of depth in free agency this year is in defense. It's not in the forwards. It's not in the goaltending just for the level of players and how fast it like drops off. Um, that doesn't happen with the defenseman this year. So that's where you, the devil's got to focus. I agree. Um, it's where their priority should be. It should. Um, last spot we're going to talk about is goaltenders. My list, I'll go around through it real quick is Thomas, uh, Thomas Grice. I, you could think of him as a bargain because he just shows again and again, he's a really solid goaltender and he's going to get paid like a backup. So I feel like there's going to be value there. Lauren mm-hmm. Broussard is a guy I talked about last episode. He did not have a great year last year. His save percentage was under 900, which is 
well below league average. Mm. The defense you could use here is Winnipeg's defense was just absolutely atrocious, and they were one of the worst in the league at suppressing shots and quality opportunities. I know Connor Halibut put up great numbers, but that's just Connor Halibut's elite. Uh, Laurent Broussard put up a 9.28 save percentage, I believe it was, a year prior when Winnipeg had a solid defense in front of him. I think if you sign Broussard, you give him a one-year deal, you don't have to pay him. It won't be more than $2 million. You'll probably sign him for like a mil and a half. And if you get a year before, uh, two years ago, Lauren Broussard, which I think is very possible, that'd be an absolute steal. So, mm-hmm. And the last guy I'm going to talk about here is Aaron Dell. Um, Aaron Dell struggled two years ago. He got back a little bit this year. He's at 909, which is right at league average on a Sharks team that just wasn't all that great. So I think Dell would be another guy you could bring in for some solid value at the goaltending position. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, you'd also, I'm, I'm a fan of Hudobin before he started doing this run with Dallas in the postseason. Yeah, I say a quick episode, and that's what we got, I think. I think we rolled through this stuff pretty quick. Um, hope yep. you guys all enjoyed the first football Sunday of the year. I know we're a hockey podcast, but me and Chris both like our football as well. I hope your teams all won, unless you're a Patriots fan, but I know they still did. But fortunately, you man playing but, Monday night, so I got to wait. Yeah, it'll be a fun little game to watch. Um, but anyway, so we're going to be back now. Before we end this out here, I just want to tell everyone what our schedule is going forward. This episode will should be released on Monday morning, and that's where we want to get back to is releasing everything on Monday. I know the past couple of weeks, I think we had an episode come out on a Wednesday. We might have had one come back on a Tuesday. But we do want to keep our schedule here to releasing stuff for you guys on Mondays. So hopefully we adhere by that. We're going to start really picking up here. Um, the offseason's rapidly a clo- uh Closing in. I mean, mm-hmm. we got a ton of stuff. The first week of October is yep. going to be absolute bonkers. That's when you could expect us to maybe go two times a week. We'll be releasing episodes at weird times, maybe like we did when the Devils hired Lindy Ruff. Um, we got the episode out the day after that hiring. So expect some more content, whether it be articles at Devils Army blog, our page, or just be more podcast. Um, we're going to try to get some guests on, whether it be an in house guest or maybe someone like out of house at a different Devils blog that wants to come on and talk some Devils hockey with us but yeah that's where that's where we're at now devil's army cast family so we uh i don't have anything else for you chris you got anything else let's go devils baby yep as always so everyone be safe out there and we will talk to you next week <laughs>